Osprey, Sammy Callahan, Cody, maybe Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston. What do all these guys have in common? Along with Sonata, Okada, the usual suspects. They've all been in the running for the Wrestler of the Year. But just lately, maybe since Best of the Super Juniors started, we've gotten a new entry into that game. And here is my buddy Jeff to tell you about him. Well, I think it might have gone back uh, to his defiances. Um, He always kind of put on decent matches in defiance. He was kind of... uh, you know, it was fun to watch him, and he was kind of a comedy character. Holy shit, I shouldn't have eaten that Carolina Reaper. Ah, uh, pardon me. Stall. <laughs> anyway, he, uh, you know, he put on a decent showing in Defiant, but he was always that kind of comedy character. It wasn't until Defiant folded that I think El Phantasmo really got his footing. And he has, since Best of Super Juniors, well, actually, since he won the junior heavyweight title from uh, David Starr, has been an absolute burning uh, supernova. It's every match he's in seems to be just absolutely amazing. And he continues to prove it in his match uh, in a King, of, King of Pro Wrestling against uh, Will Ospreay. Those two have a ridiculous. <coughs> you sound like that pepper is burnt your tongue to crisp. To crisp. It, it really hasn't. It's giving me the hiccups. Holy! I haven't had that kind of reaction to a reaper in a, in a while. <laughs> wow. No, I, I, I was growing, uh, you know, all kinds of peppers. Uh, reapers, ghost peppers, uh, jalapenos, poblanos, cow horns, and, you know, regular green peppers. And as the season wore on, I was getting to a point where I didn't have enough peppers to do salsa. So instead, I would just uh, dry them out and make them into pepper flakes. And I got a good, you know, good jar of pepper flakes that'll probably last me through the winter. <coughs> and every now and then when I make a, a pizza, I'll, you know, sprinkle some on and I pretty much put it on everything, so I'm I'm good with Carolina Reapers. I must have gotten way too much of a shake on that one because it gave me the hiccups. My face is on fire. 
It's like I ate a straight Carolina Reaper. You weren't even supposed to be having pizza for supper tonight, motherfucker. Yeah, I was going to do meatloaf, but I got back late because I worked late, so... <laughs> And 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 this is and this has been and this has been kingdom of culinary. <laughs> was, I was driving back at, uh, at that recipe, and I'm like, oh, I can do that. Nah, I'd have to go to the store and then get back till six thirty. And oh, you know, it's it, I mean, you know how it is. It's our busy time of the year. You know, I get the next three months of ridiculous busy, and then you get the three months after that are ridiculous busy. So yes, yes, indeed. Um. It's a rough time right now, and I stayed late, and I'm paying for it now because I just put way too much reaper powder on that. Oh my god! And uh, and for and for those of you you know that are not me or Jeff, just just like go into Facebook and look up bacon wrapped meatloaf, but instead of putting in cheddar cheese, throw in some provolone or some Swiss with that shit. It would if my wife could handle pre pepper jack. So. Yeah, well, I just ate a Carolina Reaper, so I think I can handle it. Yes, but I but but I'm cooking for more than just me. So. Yeah, fair enough. Fair All right, so. It's not here this week, so it's just me I'm cooking for. Yeah, ELP has been awesome. I mean, we we talked last week about his amazing match where it was uh, I think it was last week where it was uh, the Birds of Prey taking on ELP and Taiji Shimori, and and now. that match and like I said before I mean we know what we get out of Osprey we know what we get out of Ishimori we know what we get out of Robbie Eagles even though hey, hey, uh, 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 you're not getting away with that we don't know what we're getting out of Robbie Eagles yet we've barely yeah, seen the guy we, we've, guess, we've guess, he's barely scratched the surface so far I guess you're right that is that is a good point because he was hidden with Bullet Club and in tag team for so long now that he's kind of come out of that he is starting to show himself a little more so I, you're right I'll give you that one um, but as far as Ishimori and Osprey, we know what we're getting. And I just felt like from a heel perspective, and even going back and watching that second time, that Phantasmo stole that match. I just, he was all over the place. He was, everywhere you looked, there was El Phantasmo doing something. Well, you know my well you, well, you know my philosophy is is basically like there's too much great wrestling out there for me to for me to rewatch a match. It's gotten to a point now, especially with AEW Weekly and and the return of the NWA, that I I man I don't have time to try and watch all the wrestling I want to watch and then deal with have my kids and have you know, this extra stuff that we do with the ECW and the, and the um, sci-fi stuff, and then, you know, my job, which right now I'm probably working 70 hours a week at, it is difficult to find time to watch wrestling, but that one I made a point to go back and watch, just because I felt like it was much better than, than and you had said it, it's in the running for your match of the year, but I still felt like it was better than even you were given the credit for, and I wanted to see it again just to make sure. I'm almost positive it's my tag team match of the year. It's it just, it's it just, you know, I want to go back and watch a few matches just to, just to make sure. And uh, and speaking, and speaking of there being so much great wrestling to watch, I'm hearing great reviews of last of last night's Bound for Glory too. So. 
it was one of those things where we were probably going to watch it last night, but we might have to hit it on the replay because so much stuff was going on. Yeah, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping maybe to watch it like maybe Friday night this coming week, just depending on what I have going on. So. Yeah, I'm sitting. And when you come into a year, you've always got the guys that were last year your top guys. Um, they're always going to be at the top of your list. So you know, we had Matt Jackson, we had Cody, we had obviously um, Sonata and Okada, we had um, Sammy Callahan, we had uh, you know all these guys. At Kenny the fucking Omega. Kenny Omega, all at the top of our list. And you know while they've had some good performances, Kenny Omega, by the way, this last week, and I didn't mention it on on. DAD when we did it, but Kenny Omega had probably the best performance I've seen since uh, Wrestle Kingdom. He was against Joey Janela or the tag match. The tag match against uh, okay. Um, Pac and and Moxley. Well, if you did, if you if you did, well, if you didn't watch AEW Dark when he was against Janela in that um, street fight, you're gonna that's that was a phenomenal performance by both guys in that one too. Yeah, why? Well, well, we were maybe five minutes in the show before I called you a motherfucker, so you know. Can I? Can I use dumbass? Well, you know, we live in a we live in a world where you know the president of the United States uses the f word in public, every speech he gives. So you know, I don't I don't know how uh, I don't know if we I don't know if like when we use this kind of language for being vulgar or being presidential. <laughs> the FCC thinks we're being vulgar. <laughs> Yes, it's, 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 the skit is actually called The Seven Words You Can't See on Radio. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. What was the thing? Oh, Seven Different Things. Okay. Yeah. Different, all Different thing altogether. So, uh, yeah, back on back on track with NWA Power. Yeah, that was an excellent show again. I, I know you didn't care for as much as last week as I did, but I I really enjoy what they're, what they're doing so far. Before we, get in, before we get in NWA Power, and I really enjoyed this week's episode, too. I do want to touch a little more on Fantasm. Okay. Um, they, him and Osprey have such a ridiculous chemistry together. I felt like Phantasmo's performance at King of Pro Wrestling was spot on and such a great character development spot that he just felt like he was on, he was hitting on all cylinders. He's as athletic as Osprey. They seem to time their spots perfectly, so they are. It's almost like he's the new Marty Skrull to Osprey where they seem to just, whatever they do, clicks. And the moveset that they have, the fact that they're so equally matched on the way that they are in his character performance, he is definitely in my conversation right now for Wrestler of the Year. And up until 
a month ago, I thought Will Ospreay was hands down my favorite. And Will Ospreay was not a guy at the beginning of the year that I would have said, oh yeah, he's going to be my wrestler of the year. So now I have two, three guys, and out of the you know my top guys, the only guy that I really thought was going to be there was Jay White. I didn't think Matt Taven would be there. I didn't think Osprey would be there. I sure as hell didn't think El Fantasmo would be there. But these are the guys that imp have impressed me the most this year, as far as consistency over the uh, you know over the last length of time. And El, Fan El Fantasmo, while he didn't have the greatest matches in the beginning of the year with Defiant. He had some great matches in Rev Pro. He had some great matches in Progress. And he has been on fire in, in, in JPW. Absolutely on fire. I still think it's going to take a, a monster effort to knock Will Ospreay off my off my ledge because because even even with that from ELP, you know Osprey's been doing it on, on the on the biggest stage basically all year. And and you know in NJPW a lot of times when you when you like run through the best of the super juniors you know there's a there's a great performance and you kind of forget about it as the year progresses because there's the you know there's uh you know there's there's Dominion and then there's King of Pro Wrestling and there's the G1 Climax and so it's it tends to where things kind of balance out but I think the fact that Osprey has was in you know both of the big tournaments of the year um, has had had you know had the had the sh you know was in uh, the best of the Super Juniors and the Super J Cup, and has had these great tag team matches. I mean, it's 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 tough for me to say that I can put um, ELP ahead of Osprey. I, in fact, I, in fact, I know I can't. But it, but it doesn't mean he's not he's, he doesn't deserve to be you know in that in that running to be mentioned. And that's and that's what I'm saying. As of right now, Osprey is still. And who would have thought? performances but when we had all the great performances we had last year there's no way that I would have picked Osprey as being my rest of the year at this point in the year and right now he's still my front runner I, yeah, and this match against ELP kind of proved it but I seriously think ELP is in the conversation at this point yeah Just with the run he has had the last three or four months I think that you know we probably would have thought that Will Osprey would be in the running of the year for you know for, uh, the, in this running next year, you know be, be, because he was going through through that body change last year. You know he was still coming into his own to start he this year. He did, and so and so I think you know I think my you know the prevailing thought you know uh, you know in those of us you know that that rate. NJPW critically would be that you know he still had to grow into into that new body style of his. He still had to, had to find a way to to be strong enough not to have these kind of injuries, and he he's been able to do all of that while still putting on you know star caliber performances every time he's out there. Um, exactly. Now Taven is an interesting case because while I agree with you, I also was was sat there thinking today, like you know if there's so much great wrestling out there. That, where am I going to fit Ring of Honor into it? You know, it's... And, that, and that's just it. And, and I was thinking about that, too. And I'm sorry to cut you off, but, you know, Taven, to me, has had some great performances. I thought his match against Jeff Cobb was one of the better matches I've seen of this year. I thought that the ladder match with him and Skrull and, and Lethal at Madison Square Garden was amazing. He had some duds. And it's not his fault. It's not his fault that they made him go with Lethal for 60 minutes. Uh, well, well, that, he won that match at the 
should have, mm -hmm. that would have been the match of the year tonight. No, I, I'm not saying anything about it against his performance necessarily. It's, it's more like the overall feeling like I'm not necessarily going to watch a Ring of Honor Revenge just because Matt Tiemann's wrestling on it. And and I would and I would say that his match against um, Alex Shelley was just as good as anything else in Ring of Honor this entire year. But um, but the, the thing is that like like Osprey like I'll I'll watch a match just because Osprey's in it, you know I'll I'll watch a match just because Cody's in it. I'm not necessarily sure that I would do the same thing for Taven right now, or that I or that I, I would devote the three hours, you know. And and it's it sucks because Ring of Honor has been my one of my favorite promotions you know for years, but it's still. Like, it's going to get lost in the shuffle right now because there's AEW, Impact has been doing so well, MLW's been doing so well, and and there's NXT out there, and the NWA, there's just, I just don't have time to fit Ring of Honor in right now unless it's one of their big four pay-per-views. And the fact that Ring of Honor has not been that good kind of lends us to that, and it's sad, because like I said, there's been some great performances by Taven, Jeff Cobb, Shane Taylor is one of your guys. I don't think it's. I don't think they've been bad. What I think it is is, is just simply there's been no pizzazz to it. You know, I mean, ever since they lost the elite and SCU, um, there's been like no pizzazz to them really. They, they they I mean they, I mean they tried with Villain Enterprises, and they try and they tried to make. Um, uh, shit, I can't even think of the name of the of the stable, but they tried to make that a thing. Lifeblood, you know, they, you know, they tried to make Lifeblood a thing, but it just, it just didn't work, you know. And, and as much as I enjoy the Kingdom, as much as I enjoy Taven, as much as I enjoy, um, you know, the, uh, the, Bruce Bru Bruiser and, and Brawler Malonis, you know, as long as I, as much as I enjoy Shane Taylor, you know, it just, there's just not anything there to really hook me into, into watching that on a regular basis anymore. Briscoe's versus G.O.D. was one I had to watch. You know, Briscoe's and and um, wh are, what are they calling them? Don't they have a name yet, or are they still just Bruiser Malonis? I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, I couldn't think. I couldn't think of their name. That's why. But, yeah. But they. Um, I mean, it, it, fun matches. Uh, I love every chance. They're, oh, they're the they're the bouncers. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, and I I love every chance to that I get to see Marty's girl. I love every chance I get to see. Taven and the Kingdom and you know Haskins and as much as I hate to admit it, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams I enjoy a lot and then of course Bad Bandito. So you know there's that Dragon Ball there as well. So they've got talent. They're just not using them right. This whole lifeblood angle was kind of fun in the beginning. It had potential, but when David Finley got hurt and then. Uh, Juice just was like, you know what, fuck you guys, I'm going back to NJ NJPW, and then Tennille leaves, now we're left with, yeah, the, the three most explosive members, probably the best members on it, but the angle kind of went out. It did. And, you know, you've got that, and, and yeah, the, the flip, uh, heel turn was fun, and I like the way they're doing it. But had Villain Enterprise been an actual heel stable, it would have made more sense. The fact that people cheer Brody King and PCO and Marty Skrull the way they do, flip turning heel and joining them, 
behind it made no sense. Yeah, and and that's why I'm wondering if it was if it was made to set up so that you know Bill and Enterprise can continue with you know with a, with a new leader when Marty's gone or something. But at the same time, you know, I've been thinking about this. Um, it, it's you know. It's kind of crazy. I, I I do have other things in my life to think about. I, I promise you. But I've been thinking about the fact that that you know, like Marty Skrull, I cannot see that that he would fit into AEW right now. I just I just can't. I can't see where he would go because a guy of his stature needs to have a bigger splash than he would at this point. And there's really they're still trying to figure out who's the main event, who's the mid card, who's the you know, and they're kind of forcing main eventers down our throat. They're kind of. Um, pushing this guy as, oh, you've got to love him because of what he's done in the past. I don't want to see Marty do that. I want to see Marty come in and make a splash, and right now I don't think he will. Right, and there's that, but there's, and there's also the sen- the fact that, you know, it seemed, you know, they were setting up, you know, the Mar- the whole, you know, Marty is, you know, all my friends are dead thing. You know, like, like Marty's like, you know, really pissed off with the elite and all that stuff. But, but where would that even fit now with the whole, with the fact that, you know, there's already a stable out there for the elite to feud with. You know, I, I, I just don't see where they could bring him in and it, and, it, and it make a major impact, like you're saying, because if they brought him in at this point and he was still, you know, mad at the elite and all that jazz, then wouldn't he just be like wrapped into, into Chris Jericho's stable? And really, who wants to see that? Well, he was he was he was doing that all my friends are dead thing. Yeah, but it was all in jest too. It wasn't like he was he didn't go out there and trash them. He didn't go out there and, and talk about how his friends let him down so he had to find new ones. He just said, Hey, you know what, my friends are gone. I made some new ones, here they are. Well, maybe he should have. <laughs> I don't know. And when you and when you look at the all my friends are dead thing, that could imply Brody King and um PCO because PCO is considered dead. You know, it. There were so many connotations to it. The fact that he didn't do a legit heel turn, he just ran with his face turn, and then brought in two guys that the internet loved at the time. It was hard to make him a heel. It truly was. Do you even know what the word connotations actually means? Because I mean, uh, you almost lose. You pretty much use it appropriately, and I'm just shocked. Dude, I have a genius level IQ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you talk about this this silly fake rest, fake fighting shit with me every single goddamn week. Yeah, because the Mensa was a little too expensive for me. <laughs> nah, I, I'm I'm borderline. I I couldn't get in the Mensa because I'm about five points too low. That's fascinating. I had no idea. The funny thing is. My kid could. Well, that's why that's why you retain everything. Yeah, I, I semi-photographic memory. But the funniest part is, my kid, if he were to do an IQ test right now when he's 16, would probably qualify for Mensa. He is smarter than I am. And I'm talking about the 16-year-old, not the 14, not the 4-year-old. Well, you know the fourteen, you know the six, the four year old is probably smarter than you too. So. Well, yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. He's actually funnier than I am. So, there's <laughs> that. <laughs> so my my sixteen year old and I, and this is one of the few moments in my life where I'll actually brag. But my sixteen year old is a legit genius. He's been running his robotics uh, squad since eighth grade. 
high school robotics since eighth grade. Wow. Yeah, he's he's a freaking genius. He really is. He makes me look like a fucking child. Yeah. Well, actually, hopefully, I'll, hopefully, I'll actually get to meet him one of these days. So. Well, I'm sure you will. I'm gonna, I'm trying to get him to be up here for Royal Rumble. Awesome. And of course, we're doing that again this year because we are doing that every year for your brother. No, hopefully, it works out better last year than this year than it did last year. <laughs> no, we got rid of the the one major uh, problem with last year's. That that is very true. Anyway, back to uh, actual wrestling because I'm sure they don't give a shit about all this. Yeah, and remember, there's people I'm not allowed to bring to your <laughs> to your house. <laughs> Uh, work out how. The funniest part is nobody else knows what the fuck we're talking about. You cannot even hear these on Patreon. Okay. Works for me. Um, so, you know, another thing I'm, I'm going to talk about within JPW, and, and I knew it was going to happen, and we, you know, we all knew it was going to happen. I think I was, I, th I think I was about to filibuster, so. All right, go ahead. All right, so, um, you know, one thing that we, I think we know, we both, we all expected, you know, Jeff and I did, I'm sure you guys did, that are following in JPW, is for, um, you know, Sonata and Okada to have another great match. And for Sonata to again fall to Okada, um, and you know it's it's disappointing. You know at, at this point, I, you know I I knew it was going to happen. Um, I can't say the result was wrong because obviously at this point, if you're going into, into Wrestle Kingdom, you're not going to enter it with Sonata as your top as your top champion because he just is not in that spot and he's, he's never been booked to that spot. Um, but what's disappointing about it is simply the fact that, um, you know, if, if you don't, you know, you, once in a while they'll do like a trial run with somebody and give them a quick run with the belt. They did that with Jay White earlier this year, you know, which Jeff and I thought was a terrible move to, to just make it be a trial run. Um, they did it with Naito a couple of years ago, um, right before Dominion, and it's just, you know, kind of crazy that, that that's kind of the spot that um, that they're in with these guys. But, I mean, it, it makes sense to give them a shot, you know, give them a little bit of taste of the championship and then and then see how they can do, like, in, like in a big spot later on. Um, but it's 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 just... So, I mean, the, the fact that um, Sonata has never have even had that sniff, um, you know, is, is a bit disappointing, but it also, made, it also made you know going into that match against... Um, against Okada, that he wasn't going to leave with a championship. And, of course, it was another competitive match. And, again, of course, again, you know, Rainmaker and and Sonata loses. Um, but what was intriguing, though, about it was simply the fact that when the match ended, Okada said, let's do it again at Wrestle, at the, in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom. So, you know, that was, that's your, your top guy in the company giving an endorsement to a guy who... 
right after the who during the G1 he said is his uh, arch rival. So you know it was probably you know it, it was kind of taken like a, as a backhanded comment you know kind of a maybe even a slap in the face considering the fact that Sonata has had never beaten Okada to that point. But now here we are. He beats he beats him in the G1. Um, he has another outstanding match with him here at uh, King of Pro Wrestling after barely losing to him in the finals of the um, best of the uh, Super... No, what the hell is it called? New Japan Cup. And now we have the top guy in the company, the face of the company, saying, let's do it again at Wrestle Kingdom. So while, again, I'm disappointed in the, in the fact that, again, that uh, Sonata lost... It had to be expected because you weren't just going to put him in that in that spot at Wrestle Kingdom with very little buildup. But it does give me some hope that maybe in the future he's going to get the spot that we that we all want him to get. Well, now he has an opportunity. We still have two months. We still have what two big shows coming up before Wrestle Kingdom? Well, semi big shows. I don't think so. I think I think we're set now. Oh, yeah, Tag League, true. And isn't there one other one? I thought there was one other halfway decent show. Well, I know they're doing like a like a, a Super Junior Tag League. But, but... Basically what I'm getting to is they have time to set up a, um, you know, Sonata versus uh, Abushi match. And maybe, you know, it comes in a draw or something like that, and we end up with a three-way. We've never had a three-way for the heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom. It's something interesting. It could get a new player into the game. Because I just, from what I've been seeing recently, I'm not 100% sure that they are sold on, uh, on Kota Ibushi. I'm just not. You know, I, I would I would be much more interested, in, you know, at, at this point, because I because I don't think Sonata is going to leave the, this Wrestle Kingdom with the championship, you know, regardless of, of what happens there. So so so. Where he goes in and puts just this ridiculous showing on, so he gets the the you know the next couple of title shots. What I was going to say is that he also beat um, Zack Sabre Jr. in the G1, and Sabre has the and Sabre has the British Heavyweight Championship back. So what I what I'd like to see is cause, because I really don't want to see a third straight you know match where he's wrestling for the tag titles there. I'd I'd love to see him finally get a, an opportunity with at a singles championship of some kind, even if it's not necessarily a New Japan actual championship. But if he were to if he were to wrestle and defeat Zack Saber Jr. for the British Heavyweight Championship at Wrestle Kingdom, that'd be a nice step along the way. Sonata. Yeah. And I, I love the way they did it. I love the way that he, he, um, brings out the best in everyone. 
was in the ring with them. And that's, you know, it's a trait that very few wrestlers have. Bret Hart had it. Uh, you know, there was times when Savage had it. And Cena, ironically, had it too. And I know how much you hate John Cena, but he was a guy that could always bring out the best in everyone. And I feel that way about Okada too. And for him to not only make Sonata, and, and it's, it's not all just he made Sonata. It's also the fact that Sonata works his ass off and he's a damn good wrestler. But the two of them together, when you're going up against a champ and the champ makes you look that good, it's almost impossible to not reach that top level. And I felt like he he has done that and with the speech afterwards really kind of pushed him further and now he just needs to capitalize on it. Now without the fact that they're going to throw him back into a tag team like they have the last few times, I think he can. I hope so. I, hope so. I really do. I do too, because I really like Sonata. I, he's, uh, he's been one of my favorites for years. And I, th and I think they've done a, a pretty nice job this year in, in terms of letting both Sonata and Evil have their moments. You know, yeah. you know, you know, Evil j just faced Ibushi for the, um, for the briefcase. And yes, there's a briefcase again after, after Kenta destroyed it. <laughs> but uh, and and then also, you know, we you know we've uh, we saw you know Sonata have his spots this year too. I mean, I, you know, you know, we we all know how much I hated what happened to him at, uh, at, uh, uh, G1 Climax this year. But at the same time, I mean, it was it was a bit of a character builder for him, and you know, it's it's hard to um, put a, like you know a price on um, that kind of what am I trying to say? A, you know, that kind of basically, basically, I mean, I mean, he was the underdog there, but he still got the he still got the win over Okada, so he still it wasn't all bad for Sonata, you know, and. And now I think that you know if 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 this coming year like he he beats Saber Junior for that British Heavyweight Championship holds it for a while, you know maybe he gets a shot at the Intercontinental Championship holds that for a while. Then I I think I think he's really on his way up. And and I think having the that endorsement by the top guy in the company, um, saying you know let's face each other at Wrestle Kingdom, I think that's a clear sign that they're finally going to do something with him. Well, and you've been so down on the way they treat him the last couple of years. Because this is, it, it felt like they were treating him like they treated Naito. There's, there's well, 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 also, well, also, it's also though because I just, I, I really like when there's when there's fresh opponents and, and fresh booking, and, and I and I really do, and I really don't feel that they've been doing that a lot, of, and and it's hard to blame them because their business is up so much when Okada's wrestling, for, when Okada's the champ, but at the same time, you know, being an American New Japan fan. It's the same kind of stuff I saw with Cena for so, so many years, or Hogan for years before that, or Flair for years before that, where, you know, it just gets stale to me. Yeah, and I, I, and I get that. And I, I, I truly get that. And I'd rather have new stars come up, whether whether it, whether it's guys that I love or not. You know, I'd rather, I still rather have new guys come up, and, and to me it gets boring when the same guy is, is winning all the time, even when he does have fresh opponents. But yes, if anybody's going to step up, I want it to be my boy. Right, and I'm I'm happy it is. I mean, we thought that Okada or that Omega making that step last year was that shiny moment, and then Omega leaves. Right. I think now it's time for Sonata to make that step that Omega should have been. <clears throat> yeah, you're not going to get any argument from me on that. 
So if you're looking for one, you, I just disappointed you. When have I ever looked for one? I want you to agree with me. I'm right all the time. <laughs> um, just say it. The other, the other thing is that you know, I, I think New Japan crowds are, are very interesting, you know, compared to uh, American crowds because the entire show, or the, I shouldn't say the entire show, but the entire match, you have the crowd chanting for Sonata, you know, and and you know it doesn't necessarily mean that they want Sonata to win. It, it it just means that you know they're 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 applauding his effort. You know I th I think that you know they'd be happy to see a title change, but I think at the same time I you know they respect the Rainmaker so much that I think they're just kind of giving they they want to show how much they're respecting what Sonata's bringing, and, and I love that about the New Japan crowds that you know even if they're not necessarily wanting a guy to win they're still out there you know chanting for that person because of the effort they're putting forth. You know, and it's funny, <clears throat> because you said the same thing you hated about American crowds like four months ago. <laughs> you said that you hate when they cheer for both guys, because one guy's supposed to be a heel, and one guy's supposed to be a face, and that's the way it should be. But in New Japan, there just, you know, there just aren't necessarily, there's a, there's a few heel characters, granted. Very few. But, so really? but how, but how is, right, and, well, Bullet Club too. But but how is uh, but but you know in in Sonata versus Okada, where, who's the heel? You know. That is a good point. What? You've got, both Lij and Chaos are are heel face factions. Right. I mean, Lij tries to be a heel, but reality is they're not. No. They're not, and, and and really, what what I was saying has nothing to do is nothing to do with you know with heel versus face. It's or then like dueling chance or shit like that. It's simply the fact that I love that they respect effort, you know. And he continually gives. Right. Every time out, and he's changed his look. He's changed his attitude. He's changed everything else. So you know, I think at this point. He's just like, you know, he's like maybe like a couple, of, just a couple of things away from finally getting that spot. And that makes me super happy. Oh, I hope so. I really do hope so. I, I hope that this is, even if he doesn't make it into the uh, main event at Wrestle Kingdom, Kingdom, this endorsement kind of puts him there. And I hope he does finally win the New Japan Cup next year. Did he win it la uh, two years ago? Uh, no, he's never won the New Japan Cup. So it'd be nice to finally get him over that point. Where, holy crap, another reaper. What the hell did you do that for? I was hungry. And I put it on the entire pizza. Dumbass. Alright. You said I could call you dumbass, so there you go. Well, yeah, we can, get, we can do that. Okay. Um. Wow, we're almost an hour into the show. Look at that. Are we really? We haven't gotten anywhere yet. <laughs> That is correct. And we're trying to keep these ones shorter, so it may, it may not work out this week. Well, I doubt we're going to do another hour. Okay. Because, I mean, and I, I haven't seen that full match yet, so I, I definitely want to go back and watch it. I just kind of fast-forwarded the aftermath, just because I was so far behind this week. But Right. Um, and, and a lot of that had to do with kids and, and you know, other things going on job that I have to work ridiculous hours. Yes, well, right so, well some of it has to do with the fact that you're a slacker, too. Well, yeah, there's that. 
went on to NXT. Be, be, before, before, you, before you say something about NXT, can I say something about NXT? Well, I'm getting there. All right. I only, I, am, I only watched the, um, the uh, Tommaso Ciampa and then the Dunn versus Priest. And by the way, I like this punishment Martinez. I know when we first saw him come out, we were kind of like, eh. But I really like the character he's got. <laughs> Stupid peppers. Um, well, as far as I know, Punishment Martinez has only had one match ever on NXT, and then he lost. Yeah, he got his ass kicked. Yeah. And now he came out as Damian Priest, and this Damian Priest character, I really like. And he has... I mean, he always had an aura in Ring of Honor where he was like, he felt like he was beyond where they were pushing him. Yep. But he walked out against Pete Dunne, and as he's walking out to the ring, I'm like, that dude's a main eventer. There was something about his character, the way that he portrayed himself, the way that he walked to the ring, where it just screamed main eventer. So it was like, we know Pete Dunne. I mean, Pete Dunne is probably... Outside of Ciampa, and maybe even ahead of Ciampa, Pete Dunne is my favorite NXT wrestler. Might be my favorite WWE wrestler. Um, and the fact that Punishment Martinez, or I'm sorry, Damian Priest, came out and was able to be on that level with him, just from his entrance, speaks volumes to the guy, that, the charisma that he has. I had not even considered that, but yeah, that's that's very true. Um, so, NXT, um, you know, I've been listening to again to um, Bust It Open. Okay, you're an addict. We need to cut you off. <laughs> and Bully Ray has been talking about how much more polished, or, or how uh, the better wrestling product between. Um, AEW and NXT has been is is actually NXT, but but that because of because of the entertainment value and because of the size of the crowds, there's kind of smoke and mirrors that makes you think that AEW is better. No, and and he's, he's and what I would say is that NXT has become too polished. You know, NXT when I when I watch guys like uh, done. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee face each other, or I watch Ciampa versus Garza, or I watch the women fight, other than Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler, or I watch um, even the main event with Pete Dunne versus um, Damian Priest. There's just too much polish to it. It looks too choreographed. You know, I, I just I just don't feel like it's the best pro wrestling product out there because I mean and it may be it may be that you know they're 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 the most technically expert at it. It might be that they have the best timing down, but when it's completely flawless like that, it's also not real. And so I'm I'm watching this and I'm like, I can see where you're coming from from a technical standpoint, bully, but from an actual you know standpoint where for me to have feeling and heart towards it, AEW all it's AEW all the way because NXT feels canned to me, even when it's live. 
And the and the ending of the show to me is just another step towards that where it was it was the usual thing you'll see on a on a WWE programming. Um, where, you know, like, like one guy, like, you know, one guy has cheated and he's cheering and he's walking backwards to the back and the other guy is just like waking up and he's crawling towards the edge of the ring and he's just looking up like, uh, what you just did to me. And, and you don't, and, and you, and you don't see this in any other promotion. It's, it's, it's a clearly WWE faux cinematic type of, type of event. And it's something that, you know, it completely turned me off when I saw watching it going okay where's this wwe ending as soon as i saw that i'm like i hope that's what he's talking about because that you're right it's the only place that does that and they do it in every i mean i've seen it a couple times in Milan, i've seen it a couple times in njpw but so rarely that it actually has some you know gusto behind it it happens in six out of seven matches in any wwe product yeah, I mean, if it, it feels it feels like the way you know, if you if you asked me like to describe the ending of a raw, that's how I would describe it to you. Right, exactly, and that's that's one of my biggest complaints about raw is that every single raw it seems like the heel is standing above the face and and while the face is looking you know back at him like oh my god what'd you just do, and it, it's like you don't get that in any other promotion. Other promotions you get beatdowns and you get. You know, like last week in, in episode one of, of Power, we saw Nick Aldis just say, you know what, to hell with this. Don't interview me. Give Tim Storm his moment. You got Tim Storm who just lost, who lost to the heel, and is standing in the middle of the ring getting his applause. It, it was a heart, it was the kind of wrestling that I want to see because not everything needs to be bad guy versus good guy. No. It just doesn't need to be. And you and I have been saying that for, Jesus, how long have we been doing this show? Five years? Off and on, yeah. On, on, yeah, and, and we've been saying it since day one. Enough with the heel versus face. It, it doesn't always have to be good guy versus bad guy. Let's just let people go out there and fight and be people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've got, you know, how many people do you know in your life that are either a good guy or a bad guy? I mean, we all, you know... My point is that we all have shades of gray, you know, you know, we're all, co- we're all complicated. We're all people, you know, you know, there's nobody out there that, that is all good or all bad. You know, we're all complicated. We all have things going on in our lives. We all have our own motives and, and, you know, who's, who's a great guy to you might be a bad guy to me, you know? Exactly. And, uh, and so it's, it's just, the fact that we have that we have to have this kind of separation and pro yeah it's fiction i realize that and they're trying to tell stories i real that realize that as well but but the, but the great thing about you know when wrestling is booked appropriately um at least at least the way that you know you and i consider appropriate none of that shit matters right. you know you know i mean and and i'll give you and i'll give you an example of that and and you know i i mentioned i mentioned this organization earlier but to me over the course of the last year or two the two best promotions in professional wrestling have been MLW and Impact because I can't disagree with Impact although if 
like this, they're going to take that, that spot. They're going to be up in that era too. Definitely could be, but but my but I mean, but the thing that make, that separates out MLW and um, an impact is that while they may have guys that are well, they may have some baby faces and some heels. Most of the time, guys are just reacting the way you would expect a person to react. And you know, I mean, I mean, let's let's take let's 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 take a, a minor player to this point in Impact, for instance. Let's take Kira Hogan. The girl on fire. So, okay, yeah. so you know, she um, wasn't getting anywhere playing by the rules, right? She was, you know, she was losing matches. She was having strong performances, but but no actual results as far as winning matches. So she's decided to, to you know just start taking shortcuts. At the same time, you know, her you know her quote unquote friend. Madison Rain is, is encouraging her, her to do this, but she's not willing to just fall in line with Madison Rain because Madison Rain tells her that she needs to fall in line. You know, I mean, she is doing what she needs to do to get by, to survive, to be the, to be a success, and that's what a person does. You know, and 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 and, and when and when you have a character that's reacting like an actual person, you have a much better product. Than you do if you just have pe- have people that are that are written um, for a certain angle or or certain anything else because then that character is a living breathing person and they almost write themselves and and I'm just using Kira Hogan just because it's such a minor part of Impact but at the same time it's been profound and it's been a great character performance you got the same thing out of Jake Christ yeah Jake Christ is the same way where he is, you know, and I, he's one of those guys where I don't want to say he's a tweener or a heel or even a face. He is somewhere in between all of them, which is hard to admit when it's a tweener, when you're talking about a tweener. But he does not fall into any category. He's beloved by the crowds, but tries to get himself over as a heel when he needs to. When he doesn't need to, he plays the face. And he's just been stellar in just being... Would you call him a lunatic? Um, I would call him disturbed. <laughs> Very disturbed. <laughs> Very disturbed. <laughs> he's, he's another one of those guys, a lot like Kira Hogan, who has developed and not just been... I mean, yeah, he was under the tutelage of Sammy Callahan, and we all know how evil Sam has portrayed in Impact. Um, but he's also kind of gone outside the box and just done his own thing at the same time. It, it's it's another great character, a lot like Kier Hogan, where it's just another great character performance. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we could probably spend an entire episode talking about their character performances in Impact, and and that's the point. The point is that they can, they, they that they go out there and they and they put this shit together. They don't just say, okay, so we need a heel for this role, we need a baby face for this role. These characters are living, breathing people that react the way that you expect a living, breathing person to react. And exactly. I mean, I mean, let's let's and you, you, Jake Chris was a great example because here's a guy that for what a year was the was the mini draw. You know, he would go out there, he would do it. He would he would mimic anything Sammy Callahan did. He would listen. Go ahead. When he was doing the um, you know, 
and mimicking his speech or whatever he is, promo, whatever he was doing. Some of the funniest shit I've ever seen. Well, and also saving his brother's head because Sammy, t- because Sammy told him to. You, you know, and, and it was and it was all like, you know, here here's a guy that's that's nothing but a devoted follower to Sammy Callahan, but now, while he's still, you know, is is um, a member of that stable, he's now to the point where he's his own man. He's the golden draw, and he's the X division champion, or at least he was before last night. I have no idea who you know what happened last night, but but the point but the, but the point is he's evolved to the point where he's no longer just a um a uh devoted follower of, of Callahan you know he he's he's his own man and th- and that is um the and that's just something that you know it, when you have a character that's written that well and an actor and and then you as the performer knows that character so well it's easy to have a believable evolution from a lackey to being a guy that could that could even be a leading man was Champa our guy, our breakout guy of the year last year? I believe so. Yeah. Right now, Jake Christ is not, and there's nobody even close. I mean, you can give a little bit of love maybe to Jacob Fatu, but I don't think that even Jacob Fatu has had as strong a a, a year as Jake Christ has. Um. In fa- as far as character development. I'm just going to say that you've been talking about a breakup star for a lot of the show, so that, so you might have, you might have to reevaluate that opinion. Well, no, I don't want to. I'm trying to. He's he's a different. Um, he's in a different category than me. Okay. I I think he's beyond that breakup star role. I think he's an actual main event, or could be in that you know wrestler of the year, character of the year thing. Well, he could be, but but my point is simply that you know breakout should mean he kind of, kind of came out of came out of nowhere, and that's what ELP did this year. But see, for me, he didn't come out of nowhere because I've been watching him, you know, since the middle of last year. I, I, I guess I kind of saw the star quality in him, even though he was this um, ridiculous comedy character. He still had skills. Where Jake Chris for the last couple of years, I mean, yeah, granted they won the tag belt and. And before Sammy, they were somewhat, um, you know, important. And then Sammy comes in, they became more important. But once Callahan hit the stage, he became a bit player. ELP has never had that moment where he's been a bit player. And I think maybe that might be why, even in Defiant, when he was the comedy character, he was still going out there, putting on stellar matches and, and you know, being that top guy. Jake Chris was never there until he really transformed himself between the mini draw to the medium draw to the golden draw like he has throughout the year. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I just I just think that you know if, if it were me, you know, I, I'm just I'm just saying that's where I wouldn't that's where I personally would, would probably put ELP. ELP rather than being in my wrestler of the year conference being in my wrestler of the year he probably he probably fit, I mean I'm not saying he doesn't fit into both I'm just saying that that I think he has a stronger case for breakout performer of the year than he does for wrestler of the year another guy that I and this is hard to say because I've liked him for so long but I really believe Roderick Strong is a breakout candidate of the year too I mean yeah they kind of made him look weak when he beat Velveteen Dream but Every match he does is just astounding. The way that he tells stories, the way that, and it's so much better than he was when he was that 
ridiculous generic baby ca- baby face character. Mm-hmm. And I know he's been a heel now for about a year, year and a half, but he has had a strong, strong year. Pun intended. Yeah, you know, I, I think, and I think a guy, you know, you talked about earlier about how how got you know guys that we wouldn't have expected to be in the running for um, rest of the year, but you know, I think a guy that I think we would have expected to be in the running for rest of the year who's taken a step back this year um, is somebody that um, that that you know that. That actually, you know, Bully Ray had kind of mentioned how how he's how he's taken a step back, and you had mentioned it actually um, a couple of shows ago, and that's Velveteen Dream. You know, I, I, you know, I, I think I don't think it's I don't think it's just him. I think it's a lot of the NXT roster. I mean, like I expected Johnny Gargano to be up there. He's not been. Yeah, he had some great matches against Cole. He had that great match against Velveteen Dream. Um, and he had a good match against Ricochet. But outside of that, is he really a wrestler of the year candidate? No, and that's my point, is that, you know, you know, I thought, I think, you know, we thought after last year, he was just going to keep moving up the ranks. And now this and now, and now this year he's been stagnant. Yeah. And that's kind of the same thing with Velveteen Dream. He started the year on fire. We were all complaining about how he beat Gargano, but at the same time, we're applauding him because it's like, he deserves it. And then he's laid an egg ever since, and some of these promos he's done recently have really been disturbing. Is there, you know, last year, we we had, you know, we had Tommaso Ciampa as being one of our top wrestlers of the year in NXT. And we had Gargano, I think, in that role, you know, in that that area as well. When I look at, when I look at, like, my wrestlers of the year, for this year, I can't see anybody in NXT that would qualify for that. I mean, Shayna Baszler, obviously, for the women's, but I don't see anybody on the actual anybody else in NXT. I I suppose you know maybe Matt Riddle would be the closest. I would say Matt Riddle and I, I another like I said I just I mean I literally just said his name Roderick Strong I thought had a great year but I, not wrestler of the year. And same thing with Pete, same thing with Pete Dunne. I thought Pete Dunne had a fantastic year from start to finish. I mean, his his um, match that started the year in NXT um, was it Breckenridge or where was it? I I can't remember. But against um, Jesus, really, I can't think of his name. Joe against Joe Coffey. Was that was to start our year the match of the year? Yeah. You know, and he had strong performances from there. He had that great performance against Walter. He had a great performance uh, in between those two at, at um, one of the other UK takeovers. He and then just watching him the last two weeks on on NXT has been phenomenal. He is just such a great performer that he's another guy that would be in my consideration, but. Once we get outside of NXT, there's not, there's so much better performers and so many better wrestlers that, yeah, Matt Riddle might be the only one in NXT that I'd even consider. It's, it's funny. It's funny that we say that because both you and I hated Matt Riddle in the beginning of the year. You, you know, it, it, we did, and you know, it's it's weird because I because I didn't even think about wrapping NXT UK and NXT together, but that they really that's really kind of what they've done lately. You know, uh, 
Yeah. So I mean, I mean, Walter is a, Walter's a good a good you know suggestion, and and so is uh, Pete Dunn. But I, but I mean, I when I when I look at this, I'm like you know, and and I think that probably you know it's weird it's weird that you said that about Gargano, considering the fact that you know coming into that um, that Hell in a Cell match against or that cage match, whatever the fuck they called it against, um, or that yeah, three you, the three the three stages of Hell. Right, but I mean, coming into that, you know, that was probably, you know, in the running for your feud of the year, you, you know. No, not feud of the year. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know where to go with feud of the year right now. But I, but, but I mean, you, you, had, you had really loved their first two matches against each other. Yeah, I did. And that three stages of hell had its moments, but ultimately was a, like every other three stages of hell I've seen, just shit. <laughs> um, it, 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 there's no other way to put it. It was just shit. And if this one ever makes it to terrestrial radio, I'm going to be up with my head in the air. Um, but in all honesty, it was just it was a shit match. Right. And it that was hard for me to say because I love that wrestle uh, that takeover twenty, and not just and here my voice is going in and out again. Um, but that wrestle that takeover twenty five. I thought was such a strong show top to bottom and I thought the cap was that Cole Gargano match and I loved their two out of three falls match that happened after that so it was it's it was hard to watch that three stages of hell match wait no the two out of three falls was take 25 wasn't it no two out of three falls was the most recent takeover was that takeover 25 I think so because then they had a regular match. No, no, no. Takeover Twenty Five was the one that you loved. That was the one. So it was the. No, it was Takeover Toronto Two. Alright. Regardless, I I love both those matches, and then I hated, absolutely despised that three stages of hell match, and that kind. I I I got lost in what you were saying. Yeah, Takeover Takeover Toronto Two happened at is where the three stages of hell match happened. Stages of Hell match was their third one. Yes. I loved the two out of three falls match. I loved the Takeover 25 match. You're right. It was Takeover 25 where Cole actually won the belt from Gargano. Yeah. The three stages of Hell match ruined that entire trilogy for me. Yeah. And that's and that sucks because I loved both those matches, and those were two matches that that might still be. And, I mean, we're a couple months out, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the next two months. But um, it's a possibility they're still in my running for match of the year. But I have seen so much great stuff. And, and I cannot, in good faith, say that any of those two are my wrestlers of the year this year. As much as I love them the beginning of the year, even the middle of the year, at this point in the year, I, I'm looking at them going like, really, guys? You couldn't have done this a little better or that a little better. Yeah, I mean, every year so far, like the last three years, I, and I'm sure it's, it's you know even going back, there's a match that just stood out to me as being the match of the year. You know, for two straight years, it was Okada versus Omega at Dominion, and now and now and now and now this year it's Cody versus Dustin at um, at Double or Nothing. So um, I still have I still have Gargano. Takeover 25 is my top ma or singles match of the year. Actually, you know what? It's one of my top. I I have to give great consideration to what I just watched between um, 
El Fantasma and Osprey. Sure. It, that was such a great match. Those two have such great chemistry. Everything about what I saw kind of spoke to me. So it, it's definitely my running. I'm not going to say that. I mean, I remember when we watched it at Double or Nothing, we're both like, oh, yeah, it's match of the year. Mm -hmm. But since then, I thought Gargano Cole was better, and that's just because of the way it spoke to me, not because it might have been Dave Meltzer's favorite or your favorite. It was just one of those things where it was like, okay, everything they're doing speaks to me. Yeah. And I felt that same way when I was watching that Phantasmal Osprey match. There was just something about it, like literally, very as much wa wrestling as I've watched throughout my life, there's very few times you're going to catch me on the edge of my seat. And I was on the edge of my seat most of the match. Yeah, see, and, that, and that's how I was with, you know, with, with um, the three matches I just mentioned. You know, Okada vs. Omega, Okada vs. Omega in the Iron Man, in the uh, two out of three falls match. And then this year with Cody versus Dustin. You know, and, 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 you know, and, you know, the thing with Cody versus Dustin, that's going to put it over the top for me you know, for, you know, with any other match, and, and unless another match has that same thing, is is the overall presentation, you know, because cause that is that is crucial to me when I'm looking at, at the match, and, and when, you know, with, with, the, with the way, you know, with, with the way that Cody came out, the way Dustin came out, and then, and then what happened after the match was over, you know, the entire th story that was told there is, you know, it, it puts something that together that, to me, is going to be almost unbeatable. I'm so glad to finally hear you say that after four, four to five years of trying to get you to come to my side of thinking. I've been saying that for a long time. Well, maybe, but I haven't heard it. I mean, you were always like matches are one-offs and, you know, what happens before. And I've been, I've been the one preaching that. Oh, you're talking about the story. You're talking about the story coming in. I'm talking about like, like, you know, like for not instance. Just like... story, not just the story coming in, but the story going out. The, the whole presentation, the months leading up to it to build that story, the match itself, is it a good payoff? And then what comes after? Do they, and that's one thing that Dusty and, um, and or that uh, Cody and Dustin have done is they've been able to take, and we've gone like a full 180 into a whole nother arc that is just phenomenal to see. And, and yeah, it, this year's going to be tough for match of the year. I'm not going to lie; it's really going to be tough. Well, you know, I I just want to I just want to point out that my match of the year in 2016 was uh, was Seth Rollins challenging Roman Reigns for the world championship at Money in the Bank, and and a lot of that was was the entire presentation as well. You know. Because because that was a match where where basically there was where basically there was a double turn during the match and then it switched back after the match was over, and then and then you and then you have right after the match is over you have Dean Ambrose coming in down to cash in on Seth Rollins so for the so all three members of the Shield were WWE champion, um in the same night you know, which was a great moment I, I'm not gonna sit there Jesus are we gonna do the same format we had last year where we try to go for moments and all that stuff I I feel like. It's weird, and maybe it's because we've stretched things out so much now, where last year we were kind of like, okay, NJPW, yeah, maybe a little, um, maybe a little, uh, Impact, maybe a little MLW, uh, 
you know, we're not doing WWE, but NXT definitely. You know, we're this year, we're like, holy shit, we've got NWA, we've got uh, uh, you know, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which has had some great moments. And I'm sorry to say I'm addicted to it now. I, I literally have been watching it every night for the last month going to bed. I, I love that Impact app because I just turn on N uh, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and watch the stupid shit that they're doing with Peter Avalon and Tim Storm and everybody. Um, and uh, Reno, uh, is it Reno? No. What the hell is her name? Reno Scum. Reno Scum, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's some great things going there. And I just feel like this year, last year, we we picked all these award winners and everything. We devoted a whole two-hour show to it, and we, you know, we picked our winners. And this year's going to be a lot more difficult than last year was because this year we have so much that's out there to pick from. Well, we even have time to do one of those shows this year. <laughs> I don't know if we will. I really don't. I don't. I yeah. I would, I'd be surprised. You know. It might be a, like a two two or three episode show. Or something like that. I mean, I yeah, we yeah we, we yeah we we might we, yeah we might have to, we might have to stagger it out. I got nothing going on Christmas Eve, so let's do it. Uh, I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I can't even make plans for two days from now, dude. Jeez. That's a, That's a very good point. All right, so. Um, NWA Power. I do want to talk a little bit about that. I know last week when we talked about it, I was down really down and not down on it because I thought it was a bad show or a bad product down on it because I didn't know how well the nostalgia angle would work mm -hmm. I, I think you said I think you said it was good for one week and, and maybe and we'll have to see how it goes after that I felt like this week they got a handle on it where they stopped promoting the nostalgia part and they started just presenting it as a pro wrestling show I loved Cole Cabana I loved his interaction with Ken Kennedy I thought that was amazing I love the fact that Aaron Stevens went back to his uh, what was he voice of the masses no the hell was he when he was Damien Sandow I don't remember but he went back to that Damien Sandow char character and I loved it I loved James Storm's interview I loved the in-ring performances, especially from uh, what what were they calling them? The, the New York Outlaws or the the average out, the Kingston and Homicide against Midcard. Love that match. Wild card. I, yeah, wild card. Yeah. Midcard. I love the, the match between when Anderson and uh, uh, Cabana took on you know uh, those two jobbers from last week. I loved the interaction between James Storm and Eli Drake when both of them were playing both the face and the heel. I have very little to say that I didn't like about NWA Power this week. I felt like they nailed it from top to bottom. Yeah, that's because they nailed it from top to bottom. It was a great show. It was legitimately a great show. It... Is it weird to you that Cole Cabana's there? Because I, I have no idea what's going on with him. Well, we haven't watched Ring of Honor for so long, it's hard to tell. All I know is the last couple of shows, after he threw his little hissy fit against Ian Riccoboni, telling him that he's a hypocrite, he hasn't really been on the show. 
He's been there, I just, but I'm but I'm wondering if like if like you know he's actually like signed with NWA and not in Ring of Honor anymore because that because that, that would be huge, you know. From the sound, well, he wants to be a wrestler, and Ring of Honor doesn't use him as a wrestler. They want to throw him in a commentary booth, so it makes sense. I mean, it was along the same lines as Savage when he jumped to WCW, wanted to be a wrestler. WWE wasn't or WWF wasn't going to let him, so he's like, "Well, hell, to hell with you. I'm going somewhere else." And it, it makes sense, and I, I really do like that interview that he had where he introduced Kennedy as his uh, partner, and he was mocking Kennedy while he was uh, doing the introductions, I thought was one of the better interviews I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was really cool. At, le at least this year. Cabana! Yeah. That, was, that was just fun. And when uh, both him and, and I can't remember the guys, the Joe Kelly, is that who it was? The um, interviewer? Joe Galley. When he, when he uh, did his Mr. Kennedy the second time, and they both kind of leaned back. It was just good TV. It was, it was really, really good TV. And as much as I hated the nostalgia thing from last week, the fact that they didn't play up, play up on it, they just kind of let it flow this week. I think made a huge, huge difference. I think it's awesome that that, that the running gag on this show is is you like forgetting the name of the announcer, and we have to tell you tell you every single week. <laughs> I, know Joe, I know Joe Kelly is the um, who's the other guy, Dave something. Uh, no, it's Joe. It's, again, it's Joe Galley for the third time. <laughs> no, Joe. One of them is a Joe. The other one is a Dave. That's all. <laughs> I know. I'm just having fun and laughing at you. The other thing I wish would happen, and I noticed this during in you know last couple of NJPW shows, either Don Callis or Excalibur needs to get a break to go and do commentary alongside Kevin Kelly, because I do not like this Chima guy or Sima guy or whoever he is. The guy commenting with Kevin Kelly. Right now, yeah, the, the Australian guy. Gino Gambino. I don't like him. Why? I don't know. I just don't like him. He's trying too hard to be Don Callis. Well, um, when you watch later in the show, you'll see that he was replaced by our boy Rocky Romero. So. Okay, all right. As much as I hate Rocky Romero, I like that better. Since when do you hate Rocky Romero? Chucky T to be the announcer, but he had to, you know, go to AEW and all that crap. Yeah. My friends, Jeff, Jeff is the uh, poster child for commentary. What have you done for me lately? Exactly. <laughs> I don't care. You know, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, it's got to be commentary because wrestling, I'll still look at you what you did 15 years ago. <laughs> I still like what Aaron Stevens. Is his name Aaron Stevens? I... I don't remember. It sounds right, though. It's Aaron something. And he was great as that guy who was the uh, voice of the masses. Uh, in Impact or in WWE? WWE. Okay. Damien Sandow. He was terrible in Impact. So what are you trying to say? I don't know. Okay. 
cool. You were supposed to keep me on the rails, not the other way around. Are either of us on the rails, damn it? No, but I told you you were supposed to keep me on the rails. I kept you on the rails. I. You know how? Because you had to keep me on the rails. I kept you there. Bastard. <laughs> See, I knew what I was doing. First time for everything. I don't want to work tomorrow. <laughs> Can I just stay home? No, if I have to go to work, you have to go to work. No, it's not fair. And you know what? And I have to go to work because I've got a training class. But I'm the breadwinner in this family. I'm not in your goddamn family. Shit. <laughs> Shit, he figured it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, guys, check us out. Patreon. Uh, www.patreon.com slash kingofhonor. Got a couple new things coming on. Uh, we're not... Because we're dipping double duty now with the uh, you know, KOH and the DAD, Diamond After Dark on Wednesdays, uh, we're not having as much time to do our upper echelon shows uh, as we used to. That you know we might be having to scale that back a little bit just due to time constraints and things. But our Patreon is our that's our baby. Uh, go there, Patreon.com/slash/KingOfHonor if you want to donate to us. You get some great stuff by doing so. A lot of great content. We do pump out a lot of it, and we try our best. And I'll never, we'll never charge you more than ten dollars, uh, ten dollars a month. And for that ten dollars a month, you actually do get a lot of great, great content. Um, also, YouTube, go over there, King of Honor. Just uh, YouTube.com/slash King of Honor brings you to our page. Make sure you you hit that subscribe button. You hit any like buttons on any videos we do and ring the notification bell so you can get anything that we put out. All of our weekly shows are two, the two that we do every single week. And um, anytime uh, Shane and I are bored and have something to say, we throw up a video just to kind of let you know what's going on, you know, 10, 15, 20-minute video, whatever. Uh, make sure you like it, subscribe it, and hit that notification bell. Also, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio. Um, Pretty much anywhere you want to listen to uh, to podcasts, give us a five star rating. It really helps us out. And Facebook, of course, to keep up on. Well, I guess Facebook stuff because you can get it everywhere else too. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know what else to say. Facebook was our baby when we started, and it's kind of gone by the wayside lately. Um, but you can also get us on Twitter. Uh, Look me up. I'm at Ricky Co-op. I do everything: football, music, uh, wrestling, a lot of football right now because it's football season. He is at Zanman Lop. Um, you can get both of us uh, just by using two hashtags: one hashtag Koh uh, for Kingdom of Honor. Everything I put up has a hashtag in it, whether it's football or, or anything, because if you go to our Patreon, you get all of it. Um, I also use hashtag Dad as in dad uh, for dynamite after dark use those two hashtags you'll find both of us and we both every now and then throw up just some weird shit we also throw up some wrestling stuff too so it's a good way to go absolutely yeah and and uh that's all we've got we'll try to do better next time make sure make sure you stay tuned to lop radio for all the other uh, radio goodness out there. Tomorrow should be sports entertainment. I- or no, I'm, I'm sorry. There's nothing tomorrow on Tuesday, unfortunately, because I just got, saw a tweet that the Global Revolution is on is uh, not going to be able to make it make a show for tomorrow. Um, but on Wednesday, we'll be back. We'll be here with you for your live reaction show right after Dynamite goes off the air. Plus, sports entertainment is dead with Plan and Maverick. 
on Thursday, Imps LOP Radio Adventure on Friday um, is the right side of the pond. And then we will be back with you next week, hopefully, to talk about impact if we both get a chance to get it in. So. Well, I'll get, we'll get it in. I got a kid three weeks this week. Jeff has promised we will get it in. Jeff has said there's a more than good chance that we'll get it in. There is a thirty. There is there is a thirty-three percent chance we will get it in. There's a three percent chance we will get it in, and that's all we've got. We'll try to do better next time. What? No long days, pleasant nights. You son of a bitch. Long days, pleasant nights. You son of a bitch. Jeff saying goodbye. G1 climax twenty-seven. Goodbye. And good night.